we'll go from there. Uh, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to sit in your house. Father, we thank you that you are always good no matter what. Father, I thank you that it truly is a new day and a new horizon. Lord, I thank you that you are the God that we worship. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God that we worship and that we exalt and that we praise. And so, Father, we come together this day in this place freely to hear a word from you, God, that you would inspire us, challenge us, change us. Lord, that you would shape us into the image of your Son with ever-increasing glory. So, Father, have your way within us. And everybody said amen to that scary prayer in Jesus' name. Amen? Yeah, it's a really scary prayer when you, when you think, I just said, God, have your way with me. Like, that's really a scary prayer. It's got nothing to do with my message. I'm just thinking that's a really scary prayer. You know, have your way. That means if there's something he doesn't like about you, he'll just start to prune and you'll start to cut and you'll start to mould. You ever seen a piece of clay that starts to go dry? I'm not suggesting any of you are old or grey or drying, but it, it, it needs more force sometimes. Yeah, I dig holes often. But, you know, God will do a work when we pray a prayer like that. Anyway. I actually think last week I talked about what, what do we do when life's just, ah, when it's out of control and it's spinning out of control. And I tend to believe that we're actually living in a season where it seems like because of the pace of it all that we need God even more than before, yeah? Um, I, I don't know about any of you, but I've often been in conversation where I've heard someone say, I just need more of God. Ever heard, heard that statement? Like, I just need more of God. And if we're to be totally honest and transparent, how many times have we actually said it and spoken it over our own lives, you know? I just need more of God. You know, I, I have a wonderful moment with my wife. She says something that she doesn't actually know that is inappropriate. And in my, under my breath, I go, I just need more of God right now. You know? Everyone in the house, that for the, for the guests here, it's normally the other way around. But while I've got the mic, <laughs> but while I've got the mic, you know, I think we're in a season where people are really chasing hard after God. Even here in Ballarat last night, there was a, a, a group that put together a wonderful night of worship and praise and evangelism. Some people came from Bendigo, and it was just a, a place where you could come and soak in the presence of God, you know. And so for those with, that were there, they had a, a, a wonderful night just getting into the presence of God. People are really, really hungry for God, and I think that's excellent. We should all be really hungry for God. None of us should be counting bricks in any church waiting for the time to tick over to get home, you know. We should all be really hungry for God. But we live in these days that are, dem that are so demanding that we just need more of him. You know, I wrote here, the draining nature of the pace of life combined with the spiritual battles that seem to be hitting all of us are creating in us a deeper need and hunger for more of God. That's... I reckon that's pretty smack on. You know, I just know some of the people in here alone that are going through things. And if I remember, because sometimes I forget, I would love to pray for a handful of people right at the end, um, outside of the altar call stuff, just some people that need some prayer. Because life can be really hard at times. The truth is, I think we all need more of God. We just, we all need more of God. We've been singing songs about that this morning, you know. We need more of God. 
We need more of him. I want you. Come in, you know. I need more of him. But here's a question. How do we find more of God? Where do we actually look? Do we open the pantry? Where do we look? Where do we look to find more of God? You know, it's a really good question, so I'm really excited that you asked. Um, A lot of people go to conferences, and I know people that go four, five, six conferences during the year. They go from conference to conference seeking because of their hunger more of God. I know people that will buy the newest CD as soon as Hillsong, Bethel, Chris McClarney, Kim Walker-Smith, whoever it is, as soon as they, you know, Evelation or ever, what's um, Elevation, thank you, I got it out, I was having one of those moments. As soon as they release a CD, it could even be Planet Shakers, couldn't it? As soon as they release, someone's out there buying it because it's all about hearing the new stuff so I can get a touch and encounter with God. People are looking for more of God. You just have to have a look around at all those that visit different prophetic ministry all over our country because they're looking for a word from God. People are hungry for God and they chase him in all these different places. You know, we run overflow encounter nights here and people within our own house will tell you we've often had visitors, guests from other churches and and that's okay. It's just that they're hungry, they're looking and they're wanting more of God, yeah? Now, none of those things are bad because they work, but they don't last. <laughs> they, they just don't last. The new CD gets stale, the conference is over, you're waiting for the next one, you know. It's months before you can get to see the prophet down the road. You know, it starts all over again. Yet, I actually believe that God wants us to have more. And... I believe that God plays a hide and seek with us, but I don't think he plays a hide and seek so that he can't be found. The Bible says, seek, seek, seek. Have a look how many times it says seek. He wants us to find him. He wants to reveal himself. Yeah, God wants to actually give you and I more. He wants to give us more. So I read this passage of scripture that gave me some hope. <laughs> so Ephesians chapter 3. Verses 14 to 19, and it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in the inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's brilliant. How do we find, how do we get that fullness? Like Paul here is praying, yeah? The whole thing in Ephesians is Paul prays a couple of prayers. His first prayer is that we might know the power of God and then he gets to this prayer and this is all about living in, really, the power of God. How do we find the fullness in him? How do we find the Father's fullness? And I think that entire passage is the key because 
Because the passage comes to like a crescendo, like it climaxes in the promise that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That, that line, that passage, that little bit of scripture is actually the answer that you and I need to live in, to experience, yeah, more of God. That's how we get it. You and I get filled, and when you're filled, for those of us that eat too much, when you're filled, you're normally full. <laughs> and when you're full, in this case, we're actually full with the fullness of God. It actually makes no sense to even stop and imagine, how can I be full with the fullness of God, totally filled with the fullness of God. But the answer to more is in that line. And so really having the answer, we could probably go home, but, but the truth is we need more than just that line that tells us that we can be filled with the fullness of God. See, in the past, I don't know about any of you, but I was told that if I wanted to be filled and if I wanted more of God, then I needed to pray more. Yeah? Anyone ever heard that? Go home, pray, set some time in the morning, do your prayer exercises. Now, it really matters not whether you do it first thing in the morning or at the end of the day. It depends on how you're wired. The point is that you pray. Yeah? If you don't pray, if you're not spending time communing with God, you're actually not in relationship with Him. Yeah, because a relationship requires people to speak to each other. That's for free. I was told that I needed to fast. As you can tell, I've been fasting long and hard. Wow. I was told that I needed to, to read more, to read the Bible more. Anyone ever got really, really tired while they're reading? Yeah? Come on. Like other people are saying yes. While we were doing communion and uh, offering here, while, I, don't, I think it's while Sally was praying, I, I was holding the, the, um, the communion and... Um, I close my eyes and Melanie taps me. She goes, don't close your eyes. I go, I'm praying. She goes, you might fall asleep. <laughs> like, come on, I'm at the front of church, love. You know, it's different if I'm at home on the couch or at the movies, but I'm not going to fall asleep here. Maybe she tapped me at just the right time. Who knows? You know, I was told that if I wanted more of God, I had to speak in tongues. You know, it's all good if you speak in tongues, and if you don't, that's okay, but there is a wonderful blessing that comes when you step into that part of God, because that gift is for all his children, yeah? However ridiculous it sounds. But having been told all of those things, that also implies that if I'm not doing them, then I won't be filled. You know, and I know all of us, I'm putting out a blanket statement. We have all at times felt like we've let God down because we haven't prayed, we haven't read, yeah, we haven't fasted. I don't speak in tongues like the person next to me that sounds like the neighbour's chickens. Shitty out la Marseille. Like, you know, I speak in tongues, but there are some tongues out there that just sound really strange, like they just do. <laughs> but that could be my sense of humour too, you know. You know, I'm not belittling fasting or praying or reading or speaking in tongues. They're, they're all good and they will build you up in your faith. They will and you should. You know? I don't want to say you must, but you know, if I want to lose weight, there are things I must do. If you want to grow in your faith, there are things that you should do and really you must do if you want to grow in your faith. 
You know, we were learning even just last week, uh, faith without works is dead. And I think the version that we learned in our Bible study was faith with no action is no faith at all. Yeah? So there's just some stuff in your faith that you have to do. But to be filled with the fullness of God, this is the beauty. It's, it's not about what we do. It's actually, it's not about what we do. It's not even about your love for God. It doesn't even matter how long you've walked with him or known him. It doesn't matter what sacrifices that you've made. See, when God made us, he actually designed us to run at our optimal level when we're filled with his love, yeah? Like a car with fuel. If, if you've got a particular car that's supposed to run on 98 octane fuel, don't put E10 in. You're actually going to ruin the engine, yeah? If you've got a diesel, don't put in petrol. If you've got a petrol car, don't put in diesel. You're going you're gonna to kill something. Yeah, and God designed you and me to run at our optimal best level when we're filled with his love, full stop. So when we realize how much God loves us and we actually feed on that, that's when we're supernaturally filled with the fullness of God. Yeah. So this is how it works. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of the glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Now, after all of that, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. After all of that, it, it, it's almost like a pathway. It's like Paul gives us a pathway. And the fullness of God is what you and I, whether you realize it or not, is what you've been yearning. That emptiness that you try to fill with eating, with Xboxing, with driving really fast, with buying new clothes, with going out for coffee, with doing your hair. When, when we're trying to fill a space in our life, I guarantee you that a majority of the time, it's because there's a space that only God can fill. It's the longing within us that we have that we haven't quite worked out. How do we plug this donut? Yeah? It's what we're chasing for. It's what we desperately need. Wouldn't it be incredible to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God? Especially when life's, ah! You know, when it's out of control. I, I spoke in a school on Thursday and um, I, I shared basically my message from Sunday, but just for youth. And I wanted them to have a clear picture of what it looks like when life's out of control. And I said, does anyone remember? I said, some of you are too young, you won't remember. But does anyone remember Kermit the Frog? And one teacher down the back goes, yep, I remember Kermit the Frog. And I said, who remembers what Kermit the Frog does when stuff's out of control? And that's exactly what the teacher did. Ah! <laughs> When life's like that, we need to know that there's something within us that can keep us balanced, yeah? So we're not having our Kermit moments. Oh, I wish I filmed that teacher. He was, he was, that was a perfect impression. And I hope he doesn't listen to our podcast. He looks like Kermit. <laughs> Samuel's in trouble. It's his, one of his homeroom teachers. I apologise in advance. Anyway, 
we know from other scripture that Jesus is the fullness of God. Yeah? It says in Colossians 2.9, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So when we're baptized into the body of Christ, we're baptized into him. We're baptized into Jesus. So at that point, from now on, we are in him and he's in us. So we have, yeah, we have the fullness of God in us in the person of Jesus, yeah? You have to go with me here. We need to know that because he lives in us. It's a habitation, but now we need to know how to access it, yeah? You know, I want to suggest that Paul's prayer to us here is about having the experience of being full with the fullness of God. That something that's real, something that's tangible, a real-life tangible encounter and experience with the fullness of God. You and I can have that. Every Christian can have that because the fullness of God is already in them, in the person or personage, if you prefer, of Jesus. Yeah? And I believe God's showing us the way to, the, to have that fullness experience. We just have to take a closer look to what Paul's trying to walk us through and actually what he's trying to pray us through. You know, the, the first part of that, that scripture is that God our Father would strengthen us with power through his spirit in our innermost being. That's almost like step one, yeah? I think that that alone, to know that we're strengthened within us, in our inner being, through the Holy Spirit, should be enough that it would change our lives forever. That we are strengthened with his power on the inside. You know, I shared last week that we have to be born again. And John 3.3 3 says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And when we're born again, we're born of the Spirit. Yeah. So everything's different there. See, on the surface, on the outside, we look the same. And, and in life, we still might be having our Kermit the Frog moments. But on the inside, yeah, even when the outside wants to scream, the inside's at peace. Because... We've now been strengthened in our inner man through his spirit, yeah? We can't access that if we don't remember that. We can't access that if we're not aware of that. So when life is falling apart, when you get news that you weren't expecting, we need to be able to stop and we need to know that passage of scripture, it is a life. That hold on a minute, life sucks right now. But this is telling me that I am being strengthened in my inner man through his Holy Spirit. I just need to stop and rest because I need God's strength right now. But if we don't know that, how do we stop in that place? Yeah. So instead we run around like Kermit the Frog. Because life's out of control. This is only the beginning of a journey of being full in God. This is only the beginning of Paul's prayer because if we can understand that he strengthens us with power through his spirit in the inner man, then we can move to step two. And step two, I love it, it's that Jesus might really fill and dwell in our hearts. That he might really fill and dwell in your hearts. Isn't that what we pray? That, and isn't that what we tell our kids? Jesus lives in our hearts. He lives on the inside of us. We should be going, yes, 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 yes. We have to imagine Jesus living in our hearts because if the fullness of God is in him, he is now in us and he's in our hearts. If we knew that, then regardless of our Kermit the Frog moments, 
we would live a life in total peace. No stressing. No anxiety. No worry. Because he's living in our hearts. He's the Prince of Peace, isn't he? We would live in the peace that surpasses our understanding through every situation of every day. That's why scripture tells us to guard our hearts, doesn't it? Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Because his presence has been placed in there, who we are, our true identity as his sons and daughters, that's where you find it. You don't find it in what you do. You don't find it in the words of those that are around you because acclamation and affirmation will be there one moment, but the next moment it won't be that. I really love that shirt on you, Andrew. Wow, that shirt's really tight on you, Andrew. Well, get stuffed. (laughs) Affirmation and that comes and goes, yeah? But we need to know that we're sons and daughters of a living God. We were sinners once upon a time that have been saved by grace. And we don't stay here sinning in front of the cross. We step into a heavenly realm. We're now citizens of heaven. We are now allowed to sit at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. Man, if that doesn't give you peace and your turmoil, nothing will. When we know and experience that he's in our heart, there is nothing that can keep us down. There is no thing that can rob us of joy. No thing. And so Paul goes, keep moving because this is building. This is building towards your fullness. And he says that we might be rooted and grounded in love. Wouldn't that be awesome? To be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted means that you've got these roots that are going down really, really deep. Yeah? Really deep. And so when someone, if I can pick on Ray, when someone like Ray finds out, hey, we think you've got cancer in your bones. Yeah? On the outside, he might be swaying as he gets the news. But deep down inside, his roots are so deep because he's rooted in love. He's grounded in love. He's steadfast and strong, yeah? The biggest storms are no match when we're rooted and grounded in love. And and, and the beauty is, the person who's rooted in love, grounded in love, talks like Jesus. They act like Jesus. Yeah? Every day, through every situation. I I love 1 John 4.16, it says, And so we know and rely on the love of God, uh, the love that God has for us. God is love. God is love. So the person who's rooted and grounded and established in love is actually rooted, grounded, and established in God. They are now steadfast in their faith. Man, it doesn't matter what comes against me. I don't know why my friend, I don't know why my family member, my child, my parent, I don't know why they're ill, I don't know why they're dying, I don't know why I can't pay these bills, but I am standing firmly in Him, and I will not be shaken. And so when we meet them, And when we speak to them, they're like, we're actually like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you miserable? Why aren't you sad? Why aren't you melancholy? You should be. 
Your mum's in hospital, your partner's this, you just buried this. But instead, there's a joy, not a happy, oh, look what happened. But there's a joy that keeps them strong because they're rooted and grounded in him. Because all of a sudden, what's happening inside of them is they are building to the fullness of God where they are full. And every Christian, all of us, we can live there sometimes. It's okay not to be okay. But it's not okay to stay there and live there. Sometimes we have to be able to see what God has for us. So that we go, man, that's what we're aiming for. I want to be like Jesus. Because even when he was being tortured and beaten and going to the cross and falling under the weight of the timber, he still picked himself up time and time again, didn't he? And even when he struggled, not my will, but your will, because he was rooted and grounded in love. Yeah? And it just builds and it keeps building that we might have power to grasp the full height, depth, length, breadth of Jesus' love. Man, I would love to have a good picture of that. I reckon that's like a, for me, that's like a hurdle. Not because I don't believe it, but there are just some situations that seem to get in front of that at times. But if he loves us and we can understand the full height, the full depth, the full length, there is nothing, there is no way for any hurt, any pain, any circumstance, any of life to get in. Because it cannot reach the entry point. Do you understand what I'm saying? It can't reach the entry point. You know, if we could properly grasp this, all of us, it would transform our lives. It won't matter what people have spoken over us when we were younger. It won't matter those that are disappointed with us. Yeah? It, it, it won't matter who's been there for us and who hasn't been there who stayed and who's walked away, it will not matter because we will know the extent of his love for us. We'll fully grasp the height, the depth, the length and the breadth of his love for us. At the end of the day, we've been given the power, yeah, we've been strengthened in the inner man and the ability to be able to grasp and understand how majestic God's love is for you and I. And his love is powerful. His love's healing. His love is so good that it causes you to dance naked like David danced. It does. You shouldn't. <laughs> it doesn't depend where you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you go through you still have everything you need to dance naked before the Lord. Yeah? Truly. You can have a smile on your dial, not because you're faking it till you make it, because you've been filled with the full measure of the fullness of God. Yeah? Goodbye, frown. See you later, negativity. It's been lovely knowing you. They'll keep knocking on your door. But... If we can understand the extent, the magnitude of his love, they won't come close. And like steak knives, Paul keeps going because there's more. Paul prays that we would know this love, that we would know it. He, he's talking about experiencing it deep, personal, intimate knowing. Yeah. It, it, it's times where you feel like you've been totally swallowed 
by the love of God. Fully embraced. Yeah? I've had moments like that and people have come up to me later and they've tapped me on the shoulder and they go, oh, we just wanted to give you a hug. I go, why? You just look like you need it. I look like I need it. I look like that because I was getting that from God. You know, <laughs> like I fell apart because I just knew I was being embraced by God. Totally enveloped. Nothing else matters. My kids starving to death wouldn't matter. I'm telling you, in that place, Samuel and Nathan could speak the loudest and yell the loudest. They could rummage through my pockets looking for coins. But if I'm in God's embrace, nothing else is going to matter. Nothing else is going to matter. No hurt can prevail in that place when you're wrapped tightly in his arms. It's just him. It's just his love. It's intimate. It's not theology, yeah? I can't describe it well enough. But when you have a moment like that with God, and we can have not one moment, but moments, because the Bible says that we can be filled to the measure of his fullness, you won't have the words to describe it. It's a real life deep and it's supernatural. It's a, it's a knowing in your knower, you know. There's a mystery to it. You know, Paul prays that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Let's break it down for all of us. He wants us to know what's unknowable. You ever, ever broken it down like that? He wants us to know what's unknowable because he knows that it can be knowable. Makes no sense to anybody outside of these walls. Yeah. No sense whatsoever. But Paul is sharing this mystery with us, and I love it. It can be experienced, but, but not academically. It's supernatural. And the key, the key is Jesus, and the, and the key is that Jesus is the, the fullness of God. We don't have to add anything to Jesus in our lives to experience his fullness. We just need to know and remember what Paul is praying for us all the way through. And then we finally get to the goal that we might be filled to the fullness of God. And to be full of God is to be full of everything God is to us and has for us. Like I'm talking everything. We're talking a place of satisfaction even in the midst of, of life's worst, worst turmoils, yeah? I reckon that's pretty exciting. You all look miserable for this truth that should be setting you free, yeah? Like seriously, the fullness of God in your struggle. Your struggle won't change and the pain won't diminish. But the reality of the fullness of God in you that keeps you, yeah? That's steadfast, that's true. To be full of God's to come to a place of life where everything else is secondary, everything where everything else fades into the distance. This is where the things of earth, yeah, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This is where the treasure is. There is rescue here for us. There is a rescue here for us. If we can turn to this and remember this 
all the time there is a rescue here for us. There's a path here for us to follow for every believer. This is what you've secretly yearned for, cried for, believed for, chased after. Man, I love going to a conference. And I love being touched by God and inspired by God. And I love it when you're at a place and you happen to be the person that gets a word or an individual prayer and you come away just on fire for God. But we can have that all the time. Yeah? All we have to do is walk through this with other people on our own. It doesn't matter. His fullness is inside of us. Victory in every situation we face is inside of us. And he wants us to find fullness in, in him. He wants us to find fullness in him. So he fills us with his fullness. It's not a very good hiding place, is it? Like, seriously. God wants us to find fullness in him, so he hides it inside of us. And then we spend years after coming to faith trying to get more of God. When it was there and there and there and there and there and there and there. Isn't it ironic? We need to walk through it. We need to breathe it. We need to remember. Remember who our king is. We need to remember who we are. We need to remember who lives in us and who strengthened us. We need to remember because it takes us to a place where we're filled with God's fullness. See, this is, this is so important. Papa, Father God, wants us to live in the overflow, yeah? Psalm 123 verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I can't believe it's taken me to the age of 49 to realise this, to discover this, to learn this. But I've discovered that if your cup's half full, it doesn't overflow. I know, right? Revelation. I've discovered that when your cup is full, there it overflows. God wants us. He wants you and me to live in the overflow. He wants us to discover his fullness that is hidden within us in the person of Jesus so that in everything we do, whether it's something creative, whether it's in an accounting firm, don't be creative there. If, whether it's teaching at school, raising children, being a husband, being a wife, so that in all of that, our cup overflows because we're living in the fullness of God. So when we're visiting people that are terminally ill, yeah, and we walk into a hospital, we walk in while our cup's overflowing because of the fullness of God. We pray, not hoping for a miracle, but expecting one, because we walk in the fullness of God. We're full, filled with his fullness. If we've got the right fuel in our cars, we just need to know how much he loves us. It's got nothing really to do with us, does it? I said earlier and I'll repeat it again. To be filled with the fullness of God is not about what we do. It's not even about our love for him. It's actually about knowing the love that he has for us. That fills us. Yeah. 
that fills every nook, every cranny, that can fill every hidden spot you've got in your heart, the stuff that you've been hiding from God, the things that you've done yesteryear and you thought were all done and forgotten that are still there, that actually you still default to particular emotional reactions. God still wants to get into there and his fullness can reach it. Yeah. It's in that place and space when everything seems like it's too much to carry, too much to bear, that we can say he loves me, that we can say he loves me unconditionally, yeah? Why don't we stand, if that's okay? See, if we can, if we can walk through that stuff, if we can walk through that stuff and understand that and grasp that and actually live in the fullness of God that is within us. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 57, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where is it? Stick it up your jumper. Yeah? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the fullness of God who lives within us. Yeah? Man, that's victorious. You look so somber. Oh, my goodness. I obviously have not preached this properly. This is life-giving. So where's my guitarist? Is he still here? My buff guitarist. <laughs> I, I don't want to stand next to Ryan. I, I, I look larger than life then. Um, no, it was more for me, mate. It was more for me. I just want to, I want to pray for us. I, I, want to pray for, I want to pray for those of us who are just tired in living life and getting through from one day to the next. I want to pray for those of us that life has so many Kermit the Frog moments that we just forget that we're strengthened in the inner man. That we haven't, in those moments, we, we, we totally neglect the ability to be able to grasp how much God loves us, the depth of it, the height of it. I want to pray for those of us that have not come to the place of actually knowing the very thing that is unknowable because it's the fullness of God within us, the full measure of the fullness of God within us that gives us life to take the next step in the face of adversity, in the face of trials. It's the fullness of of the measure of God within us that sets us apart from those in the world. It's the fullness of the measure of God within us that helps us to say yes and amen to the words of a song that newsboys sing, that we don't mourn like those who mourn who have no hope because we have a hope that is inside of us. It's totally different. It is life-changing. It's encouraging. It's uplifting. We can pray into what's dead and see it come to life. We can pray into death and see life come. We can stand with those that are hurting and we can journey with them to fullness and wholeness because the fullness of the measure of God is inside of us. It means like Mel, when she prophesied this morning, can step out in faith, knowing that the fullness of the measure of God is inside her and she's speaking. 
It means, as she said, as she spoke over my son, but over all of us, regardless of our age, we've got a superpower when we know that we've got the fullness of the measure of the fullness of God inside of us. Yeah? So I'm going to open the altar. And I'm just really simply this. If you want to experience the fullness of the measure of God inside of you, if you want to be full, not sometimes, but all the time, come and get prayer. What have you got to lose? Yeah? What have you got to lose? I'd call my son to the drums, but I don't know where he is. So we're not going to have that. (laughs) But if that's you, then come forward and let's pray. Let's be a people that are full of Him. Let's be a people that rest in Him, that trust in Him. Let's be a people when life is legitimately falling apart, when it's fraying at the seams, that we are rooted and grounded in the love of God, that our roots go so deep that no matter what's said, no matter what's done, no matter what diagnosis we've just received, no matter what our loved one has just committed, (laughs) we are still standing firm in Jesus' name. Amen? If that's you, the altar's open. There's no shame in God because we all come from the same address and we've all been through the same thing.